One, two, three. You ready? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unmasked, Topics in the Tropics. I am your host for this episode, Gabrielle saint and my co-host is Miss Aika Dorval. Our topic for this episode is leaked nudes. Whose fault is it? This is expected to be an interesting topic, and I'm sure that many of us have a lot of opinions about the sharing and making of internet photos and videos. So let's get started. Aika? Good night, everyone. And we just want to say good night to our listeners. And we want to welcome each and every one of you who are listening into our topic for this evening. So we have our first question going up to our panelists. Is a person to be partially blamed for revenge porn when their pictures and the videos get leaked? And the first person we're going to ask to shed light on the issue is Emma George. Hi, good night, Aika. Good night, Gabby. Thanks again for having me on the panel. Okay, well, I somewhat see this as two sides to a coin. Um, on one side, I think that the victim is to be partially blamed. And on the other side, I don't. So for the former, there's always the argument that you shouldn't have done it in the first place. And I tend to agree with that argument to some extent. However, I lean more towards the position that a victim should not be partially blamed. So we need to put ourselves in the position of the victims of leak notes. And it's like these pictures were taken as a result of trust and confidence that a person actually had in another person. So therefore, the failure of that person to maintain the privacy of their friendship or relationship should not make the victim blameworthy. So though we may say, well, you shouldn't have taken the pictures, blah, 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 we need to eliminate the hypocrisy and to reevaluate our society, its changes and the norms that we currently hold. So currently, there's an increased number of um, long-distance relationships. So would you blame a wifely in Dominica for sending nudes to her husband who lives in Australia. I just believe that the issue of blameworthiness lies entirely on trust. So if someone trusts their partner or significant other or fling or whatever they may be to send nudes to them, then they might not always be the issue. The person who actually cannot be trusted to me is the one who should be blamed. Wow, Emma, honestly, I agree with that part about eliminating hypocrisy because we really fail to understand that people are put in certain circumstances where they do things that they wouldn't normally do when they have strong feelings for a person or when they trust somebody. And it's really, it's very sad that the person that you think you can, can trust breaches the trust and confidence that you have in them. So let's see who else shares those sentiments or shares a different sentiment. Chelsea, what do you think? Hi guys, good night. Again, it's always you know a pleasure to speak with you all on these topics. As it relates to leaked news, we all know that it's a, a touchy subject. But when I look at it, we can put some blame on the individual who would have made the news. However, what we are speaking of is the leaking of news. And that is my issue. Yes, we can blame them. I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, to go out and make news and don't expect something to happen or whatever. There's always some small risk. However, I feel like majority of the blame should go on the individual who would have leaked the news. Moreover, if we look at, you know, situations 
as it relates to rape and so forth. Sometimes there's this argument that, you know, when you put on certain clothing, you're, you're tempting the individual who would have raped you. I find that that argument does not really have any strength to it. You cannot blame the victim for the bad done to them. Revenge porn and leaking of news has a large emotional tone on an individual and they would, have, would not have created it for it to be leaked. So if there's any leaking, then that blame should be fully, if not fully, mostly on the individual who would have leaked it. Sorry for the individual who would have, you know, found themselves in that position. And that's why I wouldn't, you know, encourage anybody to do that because there's, a, there's a, a risk, small as it may be. But the individual who would have leaked it, then you should hold the blame for that and be held accountable as such. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Kevin, do you agree with what Chelsea is saying that the blame should be mostly, if not all, placed on the person who is leaking the news. Greetings to everyone. I tend to disagree with what Chelsea said. Uh, Chelsea believed that full responsibility should lie on the person who leaked it. I mean, we have to be realistic. I believe that the victim are partially to be blamed in some sort, because at the end, we have to face it. We are all adults here. and we need to understand that when it comes to these type of things, society expects us to, you know, being an adult, there's a certain level of responsibility that is attached to being an adult. And I'm speaking in terms of revenge porn for those who are adults, okay? Uh, so like I was saying, society expects us to, to have a certain level of responsibility. And when... Amos spoke about that trust issue. The notion of I trusted that person is a bit outplayed. It's outdated and we can no longer use it as a defense. All right, because if we look in reality in Dominica, the age for criminal responsibility is 12 years as per the Children and Young Persons Act. It's 12 years. Children 12 years and above can be held criminally liable so why we as adults cannot say, okay, you know what? I should not have sent this to that person. Yes, I trusted that person, but I should not have sent it to that person. So partially, based on the question that you ask, is a person, is the victim partially to be blamed for revenge porn? I believe that the victim should be blamed partially, not fully, because this type of situation are very ticklish and it plays on someone's emotions and stuff like that because the victim will and is the victim, but being an adult, there's a certain level of responsibility attached. Okay, so I totally understand what you're saying, especially with regards to the age of criminal responsibility, because up until a certain point, you have to understand that you have to be responsible for your actions as an adult. And the thing a lot of us fail to realize is that it's not just the person who sends the naked pictures or naked videos to you know the internet or whoever who posts them that is usually the problem the problem sometimes lies with the friend that gets a picture or the acquaintance or the neighbor that, that happened to see it on the what's on their whatsapp and then they ask the person to send the video for them and then it becomes a whole thing about sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing and that is how it goes viral 
it's not just about one person sending it to the internet and then everybody see it. That's not how videos and pictures go viral. Videos and pictures go viral when everybody decides that it is their responsibility to share that person punky on the World Wide Web or to share it on their WhatsApp or to share it on their Instagram. So I totally think that responsibility is not just for one set of people, as in the person who takes the pictures and sends it to the other person and then the person who shares that picture that was given to them in confidence. We also have to consider, well, what about the people who are asking for the pictures and the videos and sending it out? You understand? So, Delan, what do you have to add to this conversation? Hi, thanks for having me. And again, I'll just like to continuously thank everyone supporting our podcast. I hold on, I completely disagree with Kevin. Although I believe that if nudes were not sent to an individual, it would have not been leaked. The issue does not surround the sending of the naked pictures or the videos. I believe as adults or as autonomous beings, we should be able to use our discretion to decide who are we sending those things to and why are we sending those things. I am of the view that sending nudes to somebody naturally exhibits a level of confidence. So from an individual like a woman sending their private parts or video for someone out of, I don't know, pleasure, there is an establishment of confidence that surrounds the sending of the explicit videos and pictures. So I do not believe that the individual who sent the pictures should be blamed. Most times when nudes are being shared, it's not just like a pop-up, like, hey, see this, see what I have to show you. Most times the person is asking you, hey, send me something now. You know, like they say, long distance relationship, you're far from your partner and you would send something. And not because there has been a downfall or a moment of, I don't know, irrational behavior that means that your partner has the right or the duty to, to share your nudes. I believe that sharing nudes comes with your right to privacy, your right to trust, your right to confidence, and the person who disseminated those photos or the videos should be fully responsible for the um, sending of the photos. Thank you very much for that contribution, Dylan. I would really like to hear what our other panelist, Miss Wendy Wallace, has to say on the topic. Okay, so Gabby, I'm, I'm quite relieved that you refer to person rather than a woman or a female. Since we are all aware that men also fall victims to revenge porn. However, statistical data does not really reflect high levels of stigma or dire consequences when it comes to men as opposed to women. Now, I am vehemently opposing Kevin's arguments um, where he spoke on the point that we are all adults here and he spoke on responsibility. But Kevin, what about the responsibility to respect the privacy of others? Now, despite that, I find that when it comes to offenses that disproportionately affect women, whether it is rape, sexual harassment or revenge porn, 
that we're talking about now. It is quite troubling that some of the questions that are raised by the public is whether the women took the right steps to avoid them from getting into that situation. So this, this sort of public response tells our young girls, our young women, that they should take care or be careful that they are not raped or sexu sexually harassed or be careful that their intimate photos that they responsibly shared with their relationship partner at the time are not exposed on the internet. Or like Chelsea spoke on, don't wear short pants or don't wear tight clothes. And this is, this is whether or not they took security measures to avoid that. Since we know that photos can also be accessed by hidden cameras or even hackers. So whether or not you you take nude pictures or you share them all together, that doesn't mean that they won't be accessible. And you know what we, we hear? And I will quote a commentator from CNN when um, US representative Nancy Pelosi's naked pictures got leaked. And the commentator said, don't leave yourself vulnerable by giving people the ammunition or the nudes to strip you of your dreams. And that sounds very much like Kevin's argument. Or we hear what you share online can come back to haunt you. So I find that too often we are quite hasty to cast blame on victims. We ask why they took or send the naked pictures or videos of themselves in the first place, or why they allow themselves to be videotaped. At that, at that time, there's no issue, you know. There's no issue. It's okay. But as soon as these pictures get lit, then we have this big problem. So the problem isn't really exchanging or sharing intimate pictures or videos between consenting adults. That's not the problem. So we can clearly say that the problem is the non-consensual taking or sharing or even threatening to share these pictures. And because of that, I think that partially blaming victims is creating what I would call an indirect excuse for perpetrators of this action. And, and because of that, I do not believe that a person should be partially blamed for revenge porn when their photos or their videos get leaked without their consent. Okay, um, I'd like to just piggyback on what Wendy would have stated and also in response to Kevin because he would have addressed me directly. When I first spoke earlier on, I made it clear that we have to distinguish between the taking of photos, which is a consent to you know, share private photos, and the leaking of nudes, which in most cases, the, the victim who would have fallen to that would not have consented to. These are two different, you know, two different situations and you have to learn to distinguish it when it comes to the leaking of news which can have serious repercussions to the victim we have to think of privacy issues even aspects of sexual abuse and also the broader context of cyber harassment when somebody would have taken these photos and sent it to their partner they would not have done it so that they would have been bullied or harassed over the internet and also to have their privacy invaded by 
whoever their partner decided to send it to. Not forgetting also, revenge porn isn't only where, you know, two consenting adults decided to send, send to each other. There are cases where an angry partner would have, without the knowledge, again, lack of consent, recorded, taken images of their partner and shared it. So are we to say here, Kevin, that the other, the individual is not to take blame here? I cannot agree with you on that point. Thank you. Oh, well, let me just clear the air. I was going based on the question that was asked. Okay, there's no way that I agree that the person who is doing the sharing or who leaked the picture should not receive blame. They ought to receive blame. Don't get me wrong in this at all. They ought to receive blame, but the way I see it, and that's my opinion, is that the person who leaked the nudes ought to receive 80% of the blame. However, the person who sent the nudes should as well receive 20%. But we need to understand this, and it goes back to my whole argument about being adults here. Because at the end of the day, I've heard Wendy, she spoke about privacy, and she spoke about partner. I've heard Gabby spoke about partner. I've heard Delan spoke about partner. What makes you think that people keep sending these nude videos or nude pictures to only their partner? What makes you think that the person that they're sending it to is their partner? They could not be in a relationship with that person, you know. It goes back to responsibility. And Delan spoke about discretion. So whoever is taking out the pictures or whatever the, the case is, which is something that I am against, you have to use your discretion and you are responsible for who you send it to. The person you're sending it to doesn't have to be your partner. And oftentimes we see that, you know? So when you all, you all need to watch the question that was asked and stop looking at it from a partner standpoint, because I am looking at it from a general standpoint and you all are zoning in on a partner standpoint. All right, because you sending a picture for a friend, quote unquote, a friend, that is not your partner. So that is how I look at the question. And I think that we need to look at it a little bit more, more broadly. And we need to appreciate that um, you're not only going to look at partners per se, but you need to look at, you know, that person sending it for other persons. So this is where responsibility coming in. This is where discretion comes in. And the question asks, should that victim be partially blamed for sending it out? If it's her partner or his partner, whatever the case is, then I don't believe the victim should be blamed. But if that victim is sending it out to someone that she doesn't trust, someone that she doesn't confide in, someone that she barely knows, I mean, where is your discretion? Where is your sense of responsibility there? So that is the angle in which I'm looking at it from. Kevin, totally agree with what you're saying in terms of looking at the question holistically as opposed to narrowing down on one thing. Um, the only thing is that most statistics often show that when a person's pictures do get leaked, whether it's a picture, video, whatever it is, it's more than often their partner or somebody that they would have trusted or confided in that would have been the one who they sent that to. So that would have wrapped up our first question. 
Wow. You guys are really spicing it up. I see that the first question generated a lot of opposing views, which is very much wanted and appreciated, especially on a platform like ours. I totally agree with Kevin that the question broadly said, should a person be partially blamed? And I agree. If somebody sends a nude picture of themselves and it gets leaked, then they are to be partially blamed because you know what? If they didn't send the picture, then there wouldn't be a picture to get leaked in the first place. Now, we are not saying that, okay, the blame is to be on them only, but the, they should be blamed for the act, which is sending picture. But that doesn't negate the fact, however, that the person that they would have trusted is to be mostly blamed for um, for breaking that trust, and so I do agree that is not an all is is really not a one answer fits all because as Kevin would have said, you have to look at it from multiple perspectives where there may be some individuals that just want to send nudes to anybody, any and everybody, and then in that case, shouldn't they? not to be blamed for when their pictures get leaked and so I see what Kevin is saying but I also see what all the other panelists are saying as well so let's get into our next question and our next question is should the sharing of explicit pictures and videos be criminalized well, there are already civil causes of action that can be brought to vindicate the rights of victims of revenge porn. We have breach of confidence, um, defamation, copyright, invasion of privacy, for instance, um, the Computer Misuse Act, although some of these are not available in all of the Commonwealth Caribbean jurisdictions. However, I think that Legislative intervention can allow the non-consensual taking or sharing or even threatening to share nude pictures or videos to be a criminal act with, I would propose, a fine and or imprisonment. I believe that the law should not assume that invasion of privacy or defamation will take over when the purpose of disseminating those photos and those videos in the first place was to inflict mental and emotional harm to the person. And a word of caution actually came from a judge in Trinidad and Tobago who hinted that, and, I, and I'll quote, the prudence of this contemporary practice of sharing intimate material, which often involves sexual images by electronic means should be weighed against the damage, distress, and embarrassment which the broader dissemination of such material can cause. So clearly, we can see that the, an award of damages can never be an adequate remedy. And also, Eichel, equally, the police need to take reports of revenge porn by young girls and young women more seriously. And likewise, the justice system need to work quickly to prosecute these perpetrators. And honestly, I know our justice system moves at a snail pace, but until we start to receive reports of victims committing suicide, our young girls and our young women taking their lives because of this, then we can act. Realistically speaking, these individuals are often left to 
they, they resort to dispel rumors of their identity in leaked pictures or videos. We see that happen all the time, right here. And while they are so busy doing that, it continues to be shared and viewed hundreds, thousands of times. So I think it's unfair to allow this, this form of sexual violation, this form of image abuse to be limited to a civil suit while the consequences and effects of this action continues to haunt victims and affect every aspect of their lives, whether it be financial or emotional and so on. So I would love to see the Caribbean country that would create a template to protect the privacy of our citizens and punish those who violate those privacy rights of individuals. I really appreciate that sentiment, Wendy, about at least one Caribbean country creating a template for the protection of privacy of our individuals. That really resonated with me because if we look at our constitutions, a lot of them, even though we might have to, you know, try to interpret it generously, but at the end of the day, most constitutions and most Caribbean countries as a whole do provide some form of protection of privacy and the fact that we don't have specific laws targeted at you know criminalizing you know the, the the breach of that privacy and the breach of confidence and trust you know with regards to intimate photos and things that can ruin people's lives and bring embarrassment and harm to them it's very interesting that the, this hasn't happened, but it, I would really like to see it happen. Um, Delan, what are your sentiments on the criminalization of sharing explicit photos and videos? I agree with what Wendy was sharing. I believe that the sharing of naked videos and pictures should be criminalized, not necessarily to compensate because really when those things are shared, there's usually a stigma attached to you by a community. Not necessarily to com compensate the victims, but to serve as a deterrent for further um, action. I believe that if we make an example to someone to serve in the interest of the public or to serve a public purpose, then others would learn from those who have gone before them. I believe it is very important that we criminalize the sharing of those pictures because I wholeheartedly believe that it will maybe not stop ultimately, but at least lessen the extent or the magnitude with um, those pictures and videos that are simulated. When we look at, you know, this, I should say phenomenon, let me not call it a phenomenon, but, you know, this recent events as it relates to and as a direct result of technological advancement, you know, we see that we don't only call it revenge porn. So our, our UV lecturer, Dr. Jason Haynes, would have in an article made mention of the conflict in the terminology. And, you know, what they call it sometimes, it's sexual abuse. And as I would have spoken about earlier, it's also a form of cyber harassment. So if we are calling this sometimes sexual abuse, revenge porn, the depth and you know the strength of these terms makes it clear that this is very serious. And in order to curb this and stop this, I think the best possible route is to criminalize it. 
Kevin would have made a very strong point in rebutting, you know, our earlier arguments that not all, not all these acts or actions or situations are partner related or you know just unnecessary sometimes you know the individual would have in fact consented so when he's pointing having a, a very in-depth and proper legislation to encompass if not all but majority of the situations that would call for you know penalizing an individual then I think that is the best route because it's just too much right now. It is happening ever so often right now. And our young individuals, I don't want to only call out, you know, only women because as when you would have stated, men also fall, fall to this. We need to protect them in some way because they have lives to live. They have jobs to, you know, go to and they might not be getting jobs simply because they have a stigma attached to them so i think that we should really look into that here in the caribbean well actually i kind of favor chelsea's response but um my view is basically that of daniel Kitsitron and marianne frank in the article criminalizing revenge porn where they stated that violations of sexual privacy notably the non-consensual publication of sexually graphic images in violation of someone's trust deserve criminal punishment. They deny subjects' ability to decide if and when they are sexually exposed to the public and undermine trust needed for intimate relationships. So in short, this is my exact view. And as law students, we are aware that every individual is entitled to a right to privacy. Even if someone shared their nudes to their partner, friend, colleague, or even a stranger, it does not infer that they want it shared with the world. And in instances where this happens, it humiliates the victim, the victim's family, and their friends. So it also affects the victims, like Chelsea said, it also affects the victim's possibility of securing proper jobs. And I would add that it would also pose a problem on that victim when it comes to having new relationships that is that being new intimate relationships so let's not even talk about the emotional trauma so just as we can protect persons against rape or sexual assault for example because it was unwanted or non-consensual then we should also look at revenge porn in the same way and seek to criminalize it yeah i would i am leaning towards everyone else before me i undoubtedly I wholeheartedly, I 200%, I don't know how again to say it, but I believe that sharing of these explicit pictures and videos should be criminalized, especially when you have the people who are sharing it, they are sharing it with malicious intent, you know? So we have to really make an example. It's time for, you know, our justice system to make an example out of these people because it's something that we cannot tolerate anymore. Society cannot handle these type of things. You have, we're in a situation where everyone or most young persons, I should say, suffer from mental breakdowns, anxiety, all of these sort of things. And then you have this now on top of it. Uh, what I will say though, when you have sharing of these materials between husband and wife or your partner, I don't believe that that aspect should be criminalized because you understand that people are in people have the right to privacy 
So they should be able to share that between their spouse or their partner, you know, because the constitution provides for the protection of expression, freedom of expression, you know, in Dominica section one of the constitution provides for freedom of expression as it relates to if you want to send a picture to your spouse or to your partner. I completely agree with the criminalization of the sharing of explicit pictures and videos by persons who intent is malice. Okay, just to respond to Kevin, just a very quick question. If you have a friend and your girlfriend sends you news and you and your friend very close, is your homeboy or whatever, very, very close. And one time you leave your phone open around and your friend, yeah, and your friend go in your phone because that's usual between the both of all you and he sees the pictures and he now sends it to himself and sends it out. That's not you leaking the photo and it's not out of malice or anything. What would be your approach to that? Is, is, the, is the friend wrong or are you wrong? That friend would be dead wrong. That is a criminal offense. That should be, that is a criminal offense, you know, because that friend has no right to go in your phone because against, it goes against your constitutional rights in terms of privacy. That friend has no business to go in your phone. Whatever that you and your spouse or your partner shares between each other, that should be, they are entitled to that level of privacy and the constitution affords for it. So that friend going through your phone, that's invasion of privacy, that's wrong on so many levels, you know? So I believe that that friend should be jailed. They should be jailed and they should be given a, a sentence, but that's my opinion. I think that friend should be jailed and should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Okay, I understand. But what if the pictures on the person's phone get hacked? By not a friend, by not anybody, they just get hacked and then the pictures are leaked. Who do you then blame? Or who do you punish? in terms of that because it's not the person you send a picture to and it's not the person sending the picture it's no one on an unknown hacker so in cases like that who gets the punishment i really appreciate those sentiments i especially when we think about how we will move forward as a caribbean society in terms of criminalization of you know sharing explicit photos and videos because there are questions that not only, you know, our legislators and our legal thinkers have to consider, but also contemporary members of society who has a phone and internet access has to consider certain things, you know. How do we gauge the type of explicit material that is to be criminalized? Do we consider underwear pictures or topless pictures the same way that we would consider a full-on video with every possible image and there's no filter, that kind of thing. Who should face liability and criminal persecution in the event that there is no one person responsible? We also have to consider the fact that images last forever on the internet. So will there even be a statute of limitations on how, so how long you can wait until you bring a criminal charge against the leaking of your pictures or online like we have to consider those things when we think about the criminalization of revenge pornography and it brings us to our third question which is what can we do to protect victims of revenge pornography 
Well, I believe to protect victims from revenge pornography, we should ensure that crime, like actually that they place fines or short-term imprisonment. Um, this would have the effect of actually deterring the crime. The idea of punishment is not new to the US or the UK, for example. So like most states like Alabama, Kansas, Colorado, and some more when I did research that they have laws which actually punish um, revenge porn by short-term imprisonment or fines. And even in England and Wales in 2016 to 2017, there were 465 prosecutions over revenge porn allegations. So we see that in these countries, punishment as a means of protecting the victims is not new. But however, in the Caribbean, we need to take a leap in the right direction by criminalizing revenge porn. So in countries like our home country, Dominica, we see that persons do not get punished or even investigated for leaking nudes. So what I believe is that we take a two-step or three-step procedure where we first, we should make it a crime. Where we secondly, we should let them do the time. And third, we should make them pay the dime. That is how I'll put it in my three-step procedure. And that's basically how I'll have it. That is the way we protect victims, by actually making it a crime and by actually um, allowing the perpetrator to pay a fine or um, have short-term imprisonment. Do the crime and pay the dime. I love that, Amor. So, okay. So, Chelsea, what do you have to add to that now? You in favor of the do the crime and pay the dime model of punishment for leaking of revenge pornography? I'm actually really in favor of that as well. And it must sum this up very, you know, neatly. But in addition to that, I don't want it to sound all hypocritical and all of that. I really implore for our young people, as it relates to consenting adults, that is another thing, but especially our young people who don't know, you know, what it is that they're really getting into just stay away from that stay away from it because if it gets leaked as we already agreed on there's a risk the victim will be you know the one to carry that burden so as much as possible to our young listeners try to stay away from you know sending news trust is an, a whole other you know ball game when you are younger so just try to stay away from that but as it relates to protecting our victims, we would have already discussed we should implement a robust legislation to cater to all these different forms of sexual abuse, you know, invasion of privacy. And even as we can, we have seen cyber harassment, we should really try to cater to all of that. And as Emma would have stated, if you leak news, you should pay the dime. You should not go unpunished for something like that because the victim is the one to carry the burden and emotional trauma is very real if we, we might not speak about it a lot but it is very real and we should as much as possible try to salvage our functioning citizens in our you know in our little dominica and within the caribbean region i agree with what you're saying to a certain extent chelsea i do feel that with adulthood and with maturity comes desires and needs and wants but as well there are certain responsibilities that if you cannot face up to you have to really be aware that you cannot participate you have to be aware of consequences before you you know go into actions so wendy do you have anything to contribute in terms of protecting our victims or catering to victims 
Yes, so apart from advocating to have legislation to address um, revenge porn, I believe that the focus and the first priority is healing because we are looking at victims who cannot get out of their rooms for embarrassment. We are looking at low confidence levels, depression, suicidal thoughts, and the list goes on. So it is important for the public to be aware that uh, persons who receive leaked nude photos and videos of individuals of these victims that they delete them immediately and they refrain from sharing them and one of the things that i would also love to see where well, that is if it's not in existence as yet is sort of like a forum where victims of these actions can sit together or meet in an online platform to share their experiences and inspire others with their stories of how they overcame and you know defeated that horrible experience i know it's a sensitive issue and a lot of people may be scared to come out but it will definitely help others who are going through um similar situations Honestly, Wendy, I couldn't agree more. And as a society, no offense to our leaders and legislators, but we're not really doing the best at protecting victims of sexual violence. And yes, it is violence because it is harmful, it is embarrassing, and it is hurtful to a lot of people involved. And as a society, you know, we have to face the ugly facts of social justice and those kinds of things because we have we have ministers we have people involved in you know different organizations that cater to the wonderful beautiful photo of aspect of you know society and social issues but then when it comes to the ugly things and the, the harmful things we don't really consider how we can move forward how we can provide you know social care for those people who are victims of those types of violence and embarrassment and hurt. Um, Kevin, would you, do you have anything that you would like to add? Uh, I completely agree with Emma. I love the phrase that she used. Uh, uh, you do the crime and you pay the dime. I'd also like to add that you do the crime, you pay the dime, and you serve your time. Because at the end of the day, this needs to be taken seriously. And you know, an example needs to be made of persons who continue to share these, these explicit materials without the person's consent, you know? And as it comes to protecting victims of revenge porn, well, our legislations in the Caribbean may be a little bit backwards, but we've seen that the courts, you know, has taken it upon themselves to ensure that our constitutional rights are not infringed because if you look at the case of Williams and Campbell versus the Attorney General and the Chief of Police, that's a St. Kitts case in 2016, the claimants in the matter, they won their case. It was a situation where uh, I think it was a porn video that got leaked and they found out exactly who leaked it and they were able to bring that person to court and you know they got justice for it so where legislation is lapsing i think our courts have done or is continuing or trying to you know take it upon themselves to do an excellent job in terms of seeking justice and bringing these perpetrators to justice i hold a view of everyone who went before me i believe the most practical and the most important intervention is a resolution i should say is a legislative intervention I believe that in this modern time, we need to we need to keep up with the phenomenon that surround us. 
as as a community and on a wider wider scale. I believe we need more than just warnings and I just believe that we need to we need a foundation where we can account for all cyber crimes and forms of defamation and misuse of content. I just believe everything bases back on the lack of legislation within the Caribbean region and I just think that um I that's that's something we need to focus on largely and again I agree with those who went before me, especially Emma and Kevin's addition to serving the time. Okay. Thank you. Guys, wow, that was a very in-depth and comprehensive. I just will add very briefly that in addition to doing the crime and paying the dime, serving the time, you're something like, you know, poets up in here. <laughs> in addition to all of that, I think it is also very important that as a Caribbean region, we need to develop and we need to put more stress or we need to put more attention geared at developing our cyber laws because that is also a very big factor to take into account when we are dealing with the whole issue of revenge porn and leaking nudes and so on and so forth. So just to add, just to sprinkle that a bit, cyber laws needed to be, the legislation, legislators need to put more emphasis on developing and paying attention to our cyber laws in the region. So I just want to thank everyone. Um, let me just head it back over to the host, Ms. Gabrielle Centilia, so that she can give her closing statements. Okay, so everybody did such a wonderful job at approaching this topic not only did we have opinions but we had statistics and everything and while we do look at the legislative aspects because we have to consider the fact that we are students we also need to consider the social aspect and we need to look at the fact that we have to we as a society need to stop being so afraid of sexuality we have to understand that there are certain things that young adults do and at the end of the day, it's very important for our young people and our people in general to, one, look at your sexual partners, look at your friends, look at the people that you share information with. You have to be mindful of those things because anybody can fall victim. It's not just, you know, certain sets of people. Sexual images and revenge pornography, you know, have no, has no particular set of victims. We have politicians, we have leaders, we have, you know, the average person being a victim of revenge pornography, of sexual violence. So we always have to consider being careful, not only with our, our bodies, but with our minds, our spirits, because the world is not a very pretty place. We've seen how the impacts of, you know, revenge pornography take a toll on so many of our young people and we really want to encourage everybody to just be careful be vigilant and stay safe